A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome all. Uh, you're listening to Shafiq, Raheel and Hamza. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Verbal Outpost where we'd like to have an informal conversation about some real topics. Uh, we'd also like you to take part, so make sure you leave a comment or drop us an email on verbaloutpost at outlook.com with your thoughts. Today's episode, um, we're going to discuss veganism and whether Muslims should try to have a more of a plant-based diet or move towards having more of a plant-based diet. Not to say that they're not already doing so, but majority of people, whether it's a cultural thing or not, um, they generally have a lot more meat products. Um, so just a quick introduction into sort of veganism. Um, it's a lifestyle um, that prevents um, animal slaughter and suffering. It offers a way to shrink our environmental uh, footprint, um, especially in regards to climate change. Um, and a lot of studies say that a well-planned vegan diet um, can fuel the highest level of fitness while also reducing um, risk of various chronic diseases. Um, vegan diets, um, they exclude all foods produced or derived from animals, meat, fish, dairy products, eggs, and honey. Um, and you can sort of define veganism as being purely a diet based on plants. Uh, many vegans, they actually go beyond just the eating side of things and they remove all animal exploitation from their entire lifestyle. Um, so they'll avoid clothing made of wool, won't buy any leather furniture, um, and they'll make sure any sort of cosmetics um, and whatnot aren't tested on animals or not made from animal ingredients. So, so moving into our topic now, um, just to discussing with my co-hosts, uh, Hamza and Raheel, um, what I wanted to sort of go into a little bit is, as a Muslim, um, has that had any effect on us? Um, whether we've seen anything interesting, any trends um, among people, and if it's affected people's behaviour um, with the rise of veganism. So I guess with my first question would be is, um, have you guys made any effort to have a more of a plant-based diet in recent years or is it more or less the same i've got to admit i've tried to make a bit of an effort to not necessarily plant-based but i would say more of a vegetarian diet but let me just qualify that because i eat meat seven days a week so I'm probably not a, ve a vegan's best friend, but that's not healthy. And I think I need some balance and moderation in my diet. So uh, we have incorporated more fish, which has been very good, uh, very healthy. And then aiming, aiming is very difficult, trying to go a couple of days a week with no meat. So at the very least, one day a week. Um, but that's just for, I would say, more health reasons rather than Islamic or Sharia type reasons. Yeah, I, th I think Hamza hit the nail on the head a little bit there in the sense that it should be seen as what am I doing to improve my health and lifestyle as, as the forefront. Um, but that, as Shafiq said, has a, a, an impact on environmental aspects as well uh, i mean for me personally um i don't 
I wouldn't say I've made a conscious effort to, you know, steer towards being more vegan, as it were. But I have actually ended up reducing my meat intake. I mean, I've had no meat today, for example. <laughs> um, but generally, we do tend to have a lot less meat, a lot more less red meat specifically as well. But even, you know, white meat, such as chicken or fish, um, that has reduced as well. And did you say that was more because of health reasons for both of you, you said? Yeah, that's more of just, you know, dietary and, you know, being mindful of our own health side of things. So I think with me, it's it, it's two reasons. I think trying to incorporate a bit more diversity in what I eat, a bit more of a range. So previously it would have been, and this is really, really bad, but you don't notice it when you're, eating like that day in day out but red meat about three days a week and then four days a week chicken so mm. that's really bad for you <clears throat> so we now aim for red meat about once a couple of weeks so in terms of the range of stuff we eat has opened up quite a lot okay and that's we've done that for health reasons and then second thing is the quality of what we eat as well so we're much more careful with the quality of what we eat where we source it from um so eating less eating a wider range of food and better quality all those things they're the main changes and we've done it mainly for health reasons mm-hmm. it's quite it's similar with us as well um, i mean there's this thing a meat-free monday isn't there where a lot of people sort of jumped on that and tried to avoid meat on one particular day um in my household similar we, we try to have a couple of days at least um during the week where we don't have any meat um it's quite difficult because my parents live around the corner so they like to send food occasionally it's always some sort of a meat dish and we're like look no today was the day we decided we're not going to have any meat (laughs) don't send anything it's like it's always some chicken curry or meat curry or something like that so on those days is that vegan food that you have or is it vegetarian it'll be vegetarian more than vegan because we do like cheese we have unfortunately a lot of cheese in our diet and i'm not sure if it's quite a difficult one moving away from cheese because i just feel like something we've always had in a lot of the dishes that we eat and it's a good source of protein as well isn't it it's Mm. quite filling because normally that's that's what we do on our veggie days as well it's normally um it's normally something cheese-based which mm. gives you that feeling feeling mm. do you think there's any particular reason why before um, we sort of addressed the health issues that we were having such a meat-based diet do you think that just sort of comes from the way um, our parents um, you know sort of fed us is, is that something that they've um, incorporated into our lifestyle having meat and veg all the time I mean it certainly was for me anyway my parents you'll be fish lamb chicken all three at the dinner table uh, for our dinner and it's like wow okay but it was normal yeah yeah, but it was normal though it was normal like we'd have like a small veg dish as well but it was normal to have four dishes on the table you know and you just pick and choose what you want yeah usually with us it'd be one curry and that'd last four days for everyone (laughs) Yeah. It's usually where it would be, and and, and it would be always... yeah, 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 <laughs> and, and 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 there's no concept of red meat or white meat or anything like that. It was just it had to have some it, it had to have some animal that had been slaughtered. <laughs> yeah, literally inside the curry. <laughs> Predominantly being, I imagine chicken and uh, 
<laughs> red meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, chicken, mutton, lamb. Um, not very often beef, but yeah, not often. No. That's it. And uh, but 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 you know what? We never had seafood either, which was a real shame. So uh, in answer to your question, Shafiq, yes, I would say a large of it, a large part of it, has been inherited from parents, and it's only now. I'm in my 30s. I'm starting to notice the health implications of that diet mm-hmm. <laughs> and starting to experience it that, oh, okay, this isn't sustainable. So some changes need to be made. Mm. So I think the vegan thing is, it, it's kind of coincidental that it's happening now at the time where I'm looking to make changes um, to my diet. But So you yeah. don't think that you don't think the trend um, of veganism and, you know, because obviously uh, the trend of veganism is had me had people question a whole bunch of things you know the environmental impact and the health thing so you don't think that's what's caused that influence on you to question your health uh n- n- no it hasn't. made you more aware no. of it anyway. um I, I i think it's helped me to be a bit more considerate and partic- you know how i said to you the range of food that i eat mm. i don't think it's made any difference to that i think in terms of the quality of the food that i consume I think a lot of the a lot of this trend towards locally sourced goods and being more aware and additive free products consuming good clean ingredients I do think that has influenced my thinking around the quality of food that I eat absolutely absolutely um and in terms of I mean in terms of veganism I I there is a strong argument for it. I know I'm not incorporating bits of it in my diet, and I'm probably a little bit bad for doing that. But I, I do get there's some pretty strong arguments for it. You know, with the emissions from cows yeah. and animals and chickens, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll probably come on to that at some point. But mm-hmm. there is a very good argument against it. I mean, even the health reasons aside, just for humans and for mankind in general, it's not sustainable to be eating this much meat and with a growing population. Just on the back of that, actually, it was, um, I think it was last week we was watching a, a programme, I think it was called C-ception. Uh, yeah, I watched that documentary um, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And there's another one called Cal... Cal Conspiracy. Cal Spiracy or something, yeah. yeah. And that's basically about um, how, you know, in if we take fuel, fuel emissions as an example, um, you know, there's a big push for fuel emissions and reducing your electricity usage, gas usage, and ride your bike more and all that kind of stuff to reduce pollution and emissions. But when you compare that to emissions from, say, cows that are, are you know, bred and herded for the purpose of eating, it's literally, I think it was about 296 times more emissions that comes from the cows compared to all the pollution of, of that. Really? Evil. Yeah, even one guy on that on that show um, said that if we were to, you know, as a, as a global population, not use any more fuel or any of these natural resources from today, but continued on the diet side of things, i.e., you know, slaughtering meat and whatnot, uh, in the way we are, we still wouldn't hit that target of reducing emission because that's where the bulk source is from. The bulk source isn't from things like, um, you know you know using an electric car or walking or cycling um and the one from last time which is about the sea life and uh, you know that was more around um i don't know if this is something you're going to go into your feet but it was more around you know 
people pushing for use less bags and things like that because that impacts sea life and whatnot. Actually, it's the um, the, the fishing industry itself that's very unregulated. And when they do fish, let's say for, I don't know, tuna, they're going to put a big industrial net down and catch what's known as bykill, um, which is effectively catching things that they don't, they're not, they're not interested in catching like dolphins, sharks, what have you. So they're going to discard all of those animals. But by the time they you know, try and throw them back into the seal or something, they're already dead. Oh. So they, they, they're having that impact on other sea life, which is obviously going to have an impact on the chain of, you know, the the food it's, chain. As it yeah, it's a really good documentary, Hamza. You should check it out. I mean, maybe we can discuss yeah. sort of um, the uh, the environment maybe in a different episode um, and what? just focus more on that. What is it called again? Sea conspiracy. Sea conspiracy. Oh, I think conspiracy or something. Conspiracy and conspiracy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've 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 seen the C one pop up and I did watch a trailer yeah. for it. I, and and I've got to admit, I have wondered a number of times when the bin men come and collect our rubbish. And if you think about the amount of rubbish that one household can, mm. goes through and outputs all the stuff you put in your green and brown bin, and then you multiply that by every household on your road, and then you multiply that across mm. the whole city, the whole UK, by around six billion. Yeah, by six billion. All that rubbish and waste has to go somewhere, and I've always mm. wondered. I, I, I wonder whether it's better if we don't know where it goes because it's quite a scary thought. I don't yeah. know who's, I don't know who's responsible for that. I, I, I just hope they're incredibly bright and they're doing it responsibly. Which, well, I mean, as far as I know, yeah, it, yeah, it goes into two places: either a landfill or they'll try convert that into energy. So it'll go to a place which focuses on burning the rubbish. Um, and turning that into energy of some sort, but 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 think. So I mean, I get, I get where anything is renewable; or it can be recycled. That's fine. And then the stuff that can't will go to I think it's greenfield landfills or something or brown whatever. So I mean, it will go to a landfill. But then if you look at the population growth globally, and you think about not just where are we now, but where are we going to be in a hundred years' time, and the population. Mm. I, I, I'm not sure off the top of my head what it's projected to be, but say 15 billion is that we have to reduce our meat intake because it's not going to be sustainable and the rubbish and all these things we need to be doing better. It's not sustainable in 100 years time. We made a right mess. Mm, yeah, we have. And to be honest, that's why I mean, I'm glad that sort of veganism is on the rise because it's just made people more people more conscious and more aware of sort of the environmental impact as well. Um, uh, one of the things I was reading upon is like apparently one kilogram of beef needs 15,000 liters of water. So when yeah. you're getting that, when you're getting that piece of steak, <laughs> and it, it sounds a bit strange, but when you work out how much water is consumed by uh, the farming industry for, you know, uh, cows to you know drink for their food and whatnot um that's what it equates to Fifteen thousand liters of water per, yep. per kilo yep per so kilo of beef a, a cow weighs what three, four five hundred kilos three hundred kilos it was an absurd amount it was an absurd amount. You trust me, Hamza, you need to look into this stuff. There's a lot of interesting things you can find out where you don't realize. And I don't think 
I don't think our community that um, spend enough time sort of reading about this sort of thing because to them, meat's always been sort of this luxury product. They think, you know what, we've got the money to to afford it now. Let's eat it. Where during the time of the prophet, mm. uh, the, the prophet of Islam, he used to what make once a week. You know, it was a luxury item there uh, back then. But that was also down to availability because one of the prophet Sallallahu favorite That's food nice. w- w- was lamb. Mm. Um, and, and in particular was lamb shoulder and that, uh, yeah, lamb shoulder is absolutely delicious. So that was probably more down to availability. Whereas we've got mass production methods now that can churn out large mm. amounts of meat. So if you look at, um, I think it was in North Africa. Yeah. Chicken at one point, once upon a time before this mass production used to be, you know, used to be a real delicacy. Mm. So it was quite steep. It was, it was much more expensive than a lamb which is quite steep now which is almost double the price of chicken double triple the price so it could be you know back at the time of the prophet it was much more difficult um to sort of it it wasn't as widely as available Mm. as it is now so Mm -hmm. i i i i i i wouldn't necessarily put that down to because meat is a bad thing I, th- I i think from an islamic perspective meat is permissible and i think going vegan is absolutely okay um but as long as we're not saying that meat is impermissible or going yeah. vegan is impermissible mm-hmm. so it, it, it's uh, the beauty of it is we've got a large degree of flexibility mm-hmm. um, do you guys know any of- yeah i was going to say do you guys know any muslims who are either vegan or vegetarian Yes, I do. I do, do actually. You? Yeah. Okay. That's because yes. I know I know a couple, and I just I just wondered if you guys knew anyone. I I know somebody that went vegan a few months ago um, for health reasons. Oh, okay. For health, and, and, did... and, and, and I was very surprised, very surprised because <laughs> I didn't expect. Was he a big meat eater? Then he used to like his meat. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And has it, um, from like his family and friends, has it had any effect on them with him becoming vegan? In uh, any way, I, I, has he had any comments or has anyone sort of, you know, said anything to him about it? I thought, look, it's wrong even because I'd like to, I think there's probably some Muslims out there who actually think it's wrong for a Muslim to be, um, maybe there's no Islamic uh, evidence to support that comment but they'd probably say no it's wrong you can't be vegan you can't be vegetarian i think we need to be very careful that we don't conflate two separate things because like i said i see this as to do with my health and it's something that islam doesn't prohibit therefore i've got a large degree of flexibility in whether i want to become Mm. vegan it only starts to become an issue when i try to change islam to fit around veganism and that's when it becomes an issue um so i i i think there's cultural reasons why we eat the way we do and our eating habits and the way we perceive veganism but i think we need to separate that from the deen and what islam says i think they're quite different things so with this particular person yeah there was the odd comment about why you got vegan it's a bit strange but I think that's how it would be looked at, to be honest. Uh, as you said, made for cultural reasons. To be fair, though, you know, with our 
culture, not religious culture, but uh, even when I started growing a beard, people were like, oh, you're growing a beard? <laughs> you're growing a beard? And you, you have a million questions and almost taunts at you. Uh, and then after a bit, it just die off. So <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily just around your diet. It's about as soon as they see someone change something, it's like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the couple of family members that I know that have become either vegan or vegetarian, um, they'd have difficulty more when they go to people's houses. I've seen like uncles and aunties think, oh, what are we going to feed him? <laughs> you know, when he comes around, what are we going to give him? Because all their products are just like sort of meat based and they're like questioning everything now. It's like, if you think hard enough, you can find something to feed this person, you know, but that's the, that's on their mind because obviously as they think guests are coming to our house, this person is vegetarian or vegan. What do I give this person to eat? It's going to be rude. Do you know what? There's a surprising amount of Pakistani and Bengali food from the subcontinent that is vegan that you're just not aware of. And if we just taking the example of pakore and samosa are completely vegan, there's there's no... I'm having to think about it now. <laughs> I think you're right. I think there is any. Um... <laughs> there's no milk or cheese or uh, no. any products from animals, and there's there's no meat in any of them. So that's a no-brainer. Veg and flour and a bit of spices, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I, I I actually think that's a good thing. I think us being challenged and us having to reflect and think on these things, even if it is old uncles and aunties, I think that's a positive thing if we're being a bit more reflective in what we consume and having a look at actually you know, is this vegan so what are we eating just ju- just being able to understand our habits and our diet a little bit better i see that as a positive thing i noticed i mean even outside of sort of the vegan side of things that muslims are a bit more conscious about the meat as you mentioned hamza about where this animal comes from you know the animal that you're eating the butchers that you're getting where are they sourcing their meat from how has the animal lived and how was it treated before it was slaughtered and before we ate it and you know i thought that's something maybe muslims need to be more conscious of because i think yeah meat is so it's it's on your doorstep you can go out buy it so cheap but people don't really question it and, and and I'm going to have to say, right, that is, I'm going to get on my soapbox here, but I better keep it very quick. The quality of halal meat in the UK, so the actual quality of it is, I think, incredibly poor. I think it's very, very, very poor quality. And there's, I think there's a real need to understand that process much better and the well-being and the welfare of the animal. So I'm not talking about the actual slaughter of the animal because we do that as yes, the welfare, yeah, how they were yeah. raised and what they were fed. <laughs> exactly. So halal isn't just the way that it's slaughtered; it's everything that's happened with the animal before it. And there's some serious question marks around that for us as Muslims that we need to ask and that we need to hold people to account for. I mean, there's I can't remember down south. There's a farm that some Muslims opened up just so they can. Um, you know, raise animals uh, to be bought, purchased, or even as uh, they, you know, have they'd have a small butcher there as well, and you you can buy this meat, and you know that the welfare of this animal is really good. Um, I've never tried it. I'd be interested to know um, from people whether they've tasted any sort of difference between a meat that's well, an animal that's been raised, um, well, I would describe as more of a halal way than the way we're having the meat now in our local butchers and see if it tastes any different i mean obviously you've tasted different types of meat different qualities hamza as part of your business and maybe you've noticed some difference in it 
But I mean, it's something we can, inshallah, look into in the next part of our show. Um, we're going to um, have a quick break. Um, and inshallah, on the second part, we'll go into this topic a little bit more um, and see if we can sort of delve into where the Muslims should possibly go into more of a plant-based diet, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.